from WBEZ Chicago and the voices within. This is Pleasure Town. In the late 1800s, two visionaries claimed a parcel of Oklahoma land. They had a dream to build a community for pleasure seekers. Before long, the settlement grew into a sanctuary for outlaws and artists. But after flourishing, it fell. Now, decades later, the town lies buried in the red dirt. But not even death can silence the residents' stories. So put on your headphones and hear their tales as we retreat to Pleasure Town. The world has changed by leaps and bounds since our time, Si. Some ways good and some ways bad. Yeah, very true, Claude. The progress that comes from our earnest curiosity is only rivaled by the destruction that stems from our fear. Well, it certainly was more than enough to frighten us in Pleasure Town. Lots of things we couldn't make sense of. And some of that was just different shades of humanity. Many people thought Remy was touched by the devil when, in fact... She just suffered from a disorder. <sighs> Wish we had the tools to get her the help she needed. But still, I suppose, help has a way of finding you. I do not recall all that happened to me in Pleasure Town. Nor do I remember when these events took place. I only know that they did. They are pieces of a puzzle that I am still putting together. Some of the pieces fit. Some don't. Some are lost. Like the sparrow, I knew the voices were not real. Not in any corporeal sense, anyway. Of this I was made acutely aware. Yet, with the sparrow having flown out of the window, so to speak, the voices became my sole companions. Though I suppose one should not take exception to loneliness when she seeks to spend every occasion cooped up in a cage of her own. Oh, the locals did their civic duty welcoming me to their singular town. Evie and Flo were nice enough, I suppose, and I quite liked Amelia. But I have always been a solitary being. It's all the chatter that I find unbearable. Pleasure town is pleasure, and pleasure is often noisy. The men and women of Pleasure Town were not ones for subdued discussion. They spoke in a horrid imbrication, never waiting for one to finish and the other to begin, which I can only liken to attending an orchestra in which all the instrumentalists play a separate composition. And though I find solace in quiet, quiet brings the voices. At first, it was a lone voice. I was resting in my room in the inn by myself. I had just finished my afternoon tea when a voice emerged. It spoke three pleasant words. This is nice. They frightened me out of my wits. And that voice. It spoke with such clarity. This is nice. 
as if someone were sitting right beside me. I resolved to attribute the voice to a passerby outside my window and went about my day. However, the voice stayed with me in my room, never leaving for long intervals, not like the sparrow. I began to take comfort in its charming utterances, and I eventually accepted it as reality. After a short while, another voice came. What a beautiful day. And then another. Isn't this lovely? Soon, there were four. Never speaking over one another, each simply allowing its presence to be known. Voices became commonplace. A part of my existence that I not only accepted, but that I welcomed. And then Amelia is in my room. She's telling me it isn't normal to talk to myself. <laughs> myself? Why, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to my friends, my companions. Amelia says there's nobody in my room. She says I'm alone. I know this isn't so. I just heard them speak. I tried to tell her, but she won't hear me. She won't hear them. I must have angered them. Because the voices began to carry a demeaning and menacing tone. Gone were the pleasantries. Instead, the voices belittled me at every turn. Mother and father were right to send you away, Remy. You deserve to be alone. You're not long for this world, Remy. This change frightened me. Their derision went on for some time, eroding my spirit. I began to feel that perhaps I did deserve to be sent away. Perhaps I did deserve to be alone. Sleep eluded me. I remember getting out of bed. I walked to the sink to retrieve a glass of water. I notice in the vanity mirror that my hair is a tangled mess. I pick up my brush, and then... Now this is peculiar. I depart from my body. I become a free-floating, ethereal entity. I am exhilarated. <laughs> but also terribly frightened. I watch as my body's hand brushes the knot out. Oh, how I long to be those knots newly freed. No, I wish to be that brush, the tool, an instrument of freedom. I return to my body. The brush, which I now clutch in my hand, just... A brush. And as the instrument returns to its ordinary function, so too I return to my room to sleep soundly, I hope, for the remainder of the night. And now I'm in a pub. Evie brought me. I'm uneasy. 
I do not like alcohol. The bartender serves us our drinks. I pretend to enjoy the bitter taste. I want nothing more than to be in my room at the inn, sipping a cup of chamomile tea. I am now sharply aware of a rhythmic tapping, like the ticking of a clock. A boot. I cannot locate its owner. Evie's chatting away, but the tapping demands all of my attention. The bartender is filling a pint glass. We're ten meters from where he is, but I hear the liquid hit the glass with such force it's as if I'm pouring it myself. The bartender grabs another glass and fills it. Now another. Still the tapping of the boot persists. I hear cards shuffling from across the room. Men and women sip loudly and exhale in satisfaction. I can distinctly hear each and every conversation, all of which are somehow louder than Evie, on top of all the conversations. The voices. They speak so horribly. They tell me... They suggest that I... hurt myself. They say that it is the only way to end the noise. I can take no more. I must leave the pub. I must leave this town. I'm... At the banks of the rising river. The voices must not have followed me. I am alone. I am alone. I am alone. Jump in, Remy. Get it over with. Go on. No one will miss you. Except what you must do. <laughs> the voices are deafening. I try to yell, but my cries dissolve amongst the multitude. Is it? Is that? Sparrow? Is that you? Turn around. Pleasure Town will return in a moment. Turn around. I couldn't turn around. I couldn't face another voice that came from nowhere. 
But this voice, my voice, was real. John, I've missed you. I needed you. Hello, Remy. I can't tell this part of the story, John. I could barely tell what came before. Still, though, the story must be told. Why? Because that is our penance. No one deserves to relive their darkest moments. To ignore our mistakes is to guarantee their repetition. Besides, the dark of your story is yet to come. But this, if only I had... No one can ever say what could have been. And you, more than most, know the dangers of uncertainty. And how can I tell my story if uncertainty is all I have? Then we will peek back into that moment. Observe our former selves. View anew rather than rely on rewritten memory. You and I. Together. body holds the truth of memory. Match your breath, study your frame, and the truth will emerge. My heart is pounding. It feels as if it is rattled by the vibrations of screams in a void. I remain silent, but not because I have nothing to say, but because now is not the time to say it. I listen. My body knows what I'm about to do. It tries to dissuade me. Focus. Hush. Beat. I try to remember my life. The sparrow. Slow my heartbeat. My dollhouse. Oh, the quiet of my room. Ease my nerves. My heart, home, the knocking accelerates. My chest will shatter. The crash of the surf against the ocean steamer has England faded from view. Here, my nose drips and my lips quiver. Our heart still beating. I turn. I face the stranger. We lock eyes. Your body, now quieted, begs you to trust me. You waver. After a long stretch of silence, I decide to cross the divide. I speak. Are you real? It doesn't matter. Real or not, I'm here. They are trying to come out. They? The noise. The voices. They are here, between us. Underneath us, all around us, all the people, all the time. Let them. You are not alone right now. I'm here. The voices begin again. I can hear everything. Even when it's quiet. I'm wilting, but somehow held up 
by an invisible string, a cord. It seems to connect me to the stranger, to you. The calm grows until it's enough to bring balance. I relax. I'm grounded. I move with the wind in place. My words pour out of me, trembling as they leave my lips. I am hungry. And sad. I crave the quiet of my room. When I was little. Truly little. I miss being little and taken care of. I miss the bird, the metal bird, before it abandoned me, before it betrayed me. I miss the quiet when the quiet would last longer. Rushing out of my mouth, tripping off my tongue, surrounding me, pulling at me. I hate the noise. Not the people, but the noise. But the people bring the noise. So much noise. I just want quiet, because that is where the peace is. Sleep. Sleep forever. I'm tired. I'm just so very tired. I want to go back. My mind moving at the exact same time as my mouth. I no longer know where my words are coming from. I want to crawl and go back to before I was the result of my mother and father. Before I was an idea between my mother and my father. I want to go back to before the idea and smother it. Not let it become me. No one listens. <laughs> Except you. Who are you? John. John. You used to live around here. I left after... I left because it was what I had to do. And now, it seems as if I'm ready to return. You're... Shaman John. I've been called that before, yes. I've heard a lot about you. People say you fought the devil. Ah, yes. Happened right around here. It actually happened? I answer with a smile and a distant gaze. I accept your truth and in turn yearn for my own. Why did you fight? For the love of my life. And ultimately... I didn't know it at the time, but my life. We are feeding each other, transferring feeling and experience. Connection and history. Our eyes and glances whisper, speaking a language I didn't know existed. A language I'm just beginning to learn. And then, you give me exactly what I need. I was at my lowest point. I had just lost Shiner, my friend. I was alone, and it drove me crazy. The absence was painful, the silence a canyon. I cried, often, and then I didn't. I was numb. I was dead, but walking. What happened? When you reach your lowest point, you either stop altogether, or start climbing back up. How? Not sure there's any one way. Some do it by descending further within themselves. Others do it with a helping hand that pulls them out from the mud. Is that what you're doing, John? For me? I was walking, and now I'm here. Beyond that, I had no clear intention. (laughs) 
thank you, Shaman John. For what? For truly talking. For existing in the uncomfortable. For seeing me. You break eye contact. It is sudden. I see your sadness growing. I feel something I haven't felt in a long time. Desperation. Urgency. I took my heart, dug it out, and gave it to the devil. I wanted to save her life, but she ended up saving mine. My time was done, but she added a few more seconds, minutes, hours, years. I raise my face again to yours. Tears in my eyes. Perhaps before you now is a similar path. During my journeys, I was laid low by my own type of noise. But if you listen hard enough, or with intent, sometimes you discover music in the clamor. I lower my head again. We are flesh and blood and bone and mind and invisible puzzle pieces. Some of us have the gift to hear deeper and see beyond what is presented to us. I don't. I'm lost and alone. I'm at my end. No, you are at your beginning. Do you know what prayer is? Yes. Do you pray? No. I was taught prayer is getting on your knees and speaking to God. But I realize that is just one form. Prayer is also conversation between two people telling each other stories about how they were at their lowest. I've run out of tears, of words. All I can offer is a deep sigh. But in that sigh, there is hope. This world is huge, full of the abandoned, frightened creatures just trying to make sense of all the noise. And some of us are lucky enough to stumble on the path that gives us a few more seconds, minutes, hours, years of life. Us meeting presents a new possibility for you to pull the weathered compass from the tatter of your pocket and let it lead your searching soul to where it can best be of service. I don't know where to start. This could be the start. And with that simple sentence, you planted a seed. We planted a seed. My body was overcome with nervous anticipation. I did not know what was to come, but I could hear them now, calling all the voices in need. I couldn't see their faces, but they were out there, and I knew what I had to do.
friends. This is Emily, senior producer of Pleasure Town. Thanks so much for returning to the fourth episode of season three. We hope you enjoyed what you heard this week. And if you did, we encourage you to go to iTunes and leave us a rate and review or connect with us on social media. Let us know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also have a website, www.pleasuretownshow.com. And while you're there, be sure to join our mailing list. No spam, just love, I promise. And now I need to thank the wonderful people who made this episode possible. This episode of Pleasure Town was written by Joe Courtney and Sean Paris and performed by Eve Rounds, Brady Guy, Sean Paris, Greta Johnson, and Josh Zagorin. Our executive producers are Keith Ecker and Aaron Cahoe. Our senior producer is me, Emily Modaff. Our associate producers are Colin Wright, Brady Guy, Lizzie Seidenstricker, and Joe Courtney, who is flesh and blood and bone and mind and invisible puzzle pieces. And our staff writers are Gwyn Fulcher and Sean Paris. Original music was composed and performed by River Rising's Megan Diger and Tim Hazen, and engineered by Colin Ashmead Bobbitt. Pleasure Town is an ever-growing interactive narrative which relies on your creativity, your imagination, and especially your voice to expand the legend. Find out how you can join the story at PleasureTownShow.com. This has been a production of WBEZ Chicago.